that makes the U.S. bond market very, very attractive for lots and lots of foreign investors. Now, a few things to keep in mind, even if there's no U.S. withholding, your own country of residence may still tax you. So watch out for that. And the other thing to keep in mind is that all these bonds will be in U.S. dollars. So if you've got your euros and you convert them to dollars to buy U.S. bonds, the U.S. government has only promised to pay you back a thousand dollars. And if that do those dollars buy you back fewer euros, you are taking that currency risk unless you hedge that risk with futures or, or by some other method. You're listening to IBKR Podcasts. Find more conversations at IBKRPodcasts.com. Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, welcome to our show. Welcome to this week's episode. My name is Andrew Wilkinson, and I am joined by Tariq Dennison, who's a wealth manager at GFM Asset Management. Welcome, Tariq. You're joining me today from somewhere within about an hour of Zurich in Switzerland. How are you? That's right. I'm fantastic. It's nice and cool here in Weinfelden, uh, you know, not far from the German border here. So Very good. Now, Tariq joins joined me a couple of weeks ago on a webinar in which we talked about bonds and fixed income and U.S. Treasuries in particular. We had a lot of interest in the webinar and we had a lot of great questions during the session. So given that the Federal Reserve is pretty much finished tightening interest rates and the potential for 2024 is that interest rates might start coming down, we thought this was a pretty hot topic and we, it deserved a little bit more attention. So I'm going to go through a few of the questions that that arose during the webinar and you can catch the webinar at IBKR webinars. Well, you, you, you gave a great description of treasuries, US treasuries. Describe treasuries. What are mm -hmm. they? What are they used for? Why, why do they exist? Well, quite simply, it, the interest that people have had in being able to earn high rates of return on their money with high levels of assurance that they're going to get that money and interest back it's something that we've forgotten about for over 10 years when interest rates were basically zero. And a lot of interest over the past year has gone into things like high-yield savings accounts. But the nice thing about treasuries is that they pretty much guarantee you a market rate of interest for a specific period of time. So let's say, for example, if you have money that you want to put away for three months or a year or 18 months, you can find a treasury with that specific maturity date with a fixed rate of return to that given time. And unlike bank deposits, which will also guarantee rates of return for that given time, if you need to break it early, you can. And it's just whatever the market price is, there are no penalties or other issues that you have with getting out of a U.S. Treasury early. So how would you say that treasuries compare with regular bank deposits or if you're just earning interest on cash at interactive brokers? What was the comparison here? Well, the first comparison I make is that when you buy U.S. Treasury, that interest in principle is being promised to you by the U.S. Treasury, by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. So as we remember last year when we saw Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, some of these other banks going under and there was worries about levels of FDIC insurance. Well, the nice thing about Treasuries is you don't have to worry about FDIC insurance or limits because it has the full faith and credit of the U.S. Uh, government behind it. So that's advantage number one. Another advantage, of course, is that if you live in a high-tax state, say if you live in New York or you live in California, interest on U.S. Treasuries tends to be exempt from state and local taxes, uh, which interest from bank deposits, interest from corporate bonds, interest from 
your uh, brokerage account is not. So that's advantage number two. And the other advantage with U.S. Treasuries is you can pretty much choose any maturity you like. You can choose a three-month maturity if you just want to, you don't want to take interest rate risk. You want that money there for the short term. Or if you think, you know what, that 10-year rate is higher than I expect it to be for the next 10 years, I want to go ahead and buy a 10-year U.S. Treasury and make money uh, from the expectation that interest rates may go down over the next year. So you said earlier that you think the Federal Reserve is done hiking. Well, if you really think that they're done hiking and that they're going to cut faster than the market thinks, you may want to buy longer-dated Treasuries to lock in those higher rates for longer. So you can do that with Treasuries. You can't really do that with brokerage accounts or with uh, bank deposits. There's a lot of interest during the webinar, Tariq, about, the com about comparing Treasuries to bond funds or bond ETFs. I think a lot of people are accustomed to trading stocks and ETFs and they're far less familiar with bonds, but they are pretty savvy and they want to they want to get invested in fixed income. Can you kind of just tear that apart a little bit for us? Bond ETFs in general, uh, the largest and most liquid ones, hold many different bonds of many different maturities. And one of the biggest disadvantages of buying bond ETFs versus buying individual bonds is that bond ETFs tend not to mature. So in other words, right now, you can buy a portfolio, you know, buy, buy a bond ETF that holds a portfolio of bonds with an average maturity of about six years. And then three years later, the average maturity of that portfolio can still be six years because those bonds that were approaching maturity, we either never allowed to mature or they matured and they were reinvested in new 10-year bonds. Um, now, that may be the bond exposure you want if you just want an overall portfolio and general exposure to bonds. But if you have a specific target, let's say you are saving you know, money for a goal in the year 2028, you want bonds that mature in the year 2028. And most bond funds and bond ETFs are not going to do that. Now, there are a very limited list of bond ETFs here and there that have specific dates on them. For example, one that will just simply buy lots of bonds that mature just in the year 2028 and hold them to maturity, and then the fund will pay out and close in the year 2028. But that's a very small niche of the overall bond ETF market. And in general, when I'm looking to save money that I need for a goal in 2028, I want to buy bonds that mature in 2028 rather than bond funds and bond ETFs for that reason. And I think you mentioned earlier that you can you can sell U.S. Treasuries having bought them whenever you feel like it. You don't have to hang around for maturities. Is that right? What 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 happens if I want to get my money out? Well, you would sell the U.S. Treasury. In fact, it, it, the one thing I would hope people uh, remember from the many years back when treasuries yielded something is that treasuries are about as easy to trade as a stock or an ETF. So if you trade an ETF, you buy a bond ETF and six months later, you sell it after you've earned your interest. You can buy a U.S. Treasury and sell it six months later after you you've earned your interest after you've earned your interest. So it's subject to market fluctuations. Those market fluctuations are probably a little more understandable with how they relate to interest rates, and there's some basic math you can learn with that. The other thing to keep in mind, which makes it a little bit different, is that when you buy or sell bonds, they trade with what is called accrued interest. So let's say, for example, you buy a U.S. Treasury that says four percent on it. That means every single day you, you hold it, you're going to be earning 4% interest. So if you buy it after an interest payment has been paid, you need to pay that earned, uh, accrued interest. And then if you sell it a month later, even if you sell it at the exact same price, you'll still get that 4% interest. That's not how dividends work on stocks and ETFs. So that's something that people who've only ever traded stocks and ETFs before who are new to bonds just need to get used to. And you can either learn it by learning the math or you can just trade bonds a few times see how it's reported in your statements and you can get the hang of it pretty easily.
And and the brokerage company does a good job of dealing with that on, on the customer's behalf, right? Exactly. From our point of view, we just buy a bond, we sell a bond, it gets calculated, the money goes in and out. And <laughs> that's why brokerage firms uh, make the, you know make their fee. So you mentioned that the, uh, that the U.S. Treasury market is backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, one of the most liquid markets in the world. But what if you want to do this in a different currency like euros? Uh-huh. Well, in euros, you do have a good selection of bonds that are issued in euros as well. The tricky thing there is there is no single issuing authority for euro bonds because a lot of countries got together and they all decided to issue this one currency and have a single central bank. But uh, bonds issued by the German government or bonds issued by the French government are, to some extent, different credit risks. I don't think a lot of people are terribly worried that the French government is going to go bankrupt. But unlike, let's say, the U.S., the U.S., in theory, could change what it defines as the dollar, could print more dollars. None of the, the countries that use the euro have that ability to do that with the euro. So in theory, you have a few other things to worry about if you buy any bonds issued in euros, whether it's by the German government, French government, Italian government, Spanish government. Uh, the fact is you've got a choice of issuers there. The pr price at which you buy and which you sell is going to be a little bit wider. So expect transaction costs to be a little bit higher. Yields in Europe tend to be a little bit lower. You know, and once I list all these disadvantages, some people may be a little less interested in buying a 10-year French government bond yielding less than 3%, but some may say that's exactly what they're looking for. So clearly it depends on the investor and why you want to trade bonds in euros. And I guess finally, I should ask, if you're in Europe, can you buy US treasuries? And if you're in, in the United States, can you buy euro-denominated government bonds? So the answer to both is absolutely yes. And in fact, bonds are in some ways more advantageous than stocks for many foreign investors, because unlike, let's say, U.S. stocks, where there's typically a withholding tax, which can be anywhere from 15 to 30 percent on dividends paid by U.S. companies to foreign investors, portfolio investors generally do not see any withholding on interest on U.S. bonds. And that includes not just U.S. treasuries, but U.S. corporate bonds. That makes the U.S. bond market very, very attractive for lots and lots of foreign investors. Now, a few things to keep in mind. Even if there's no U.S. withholding, your own country of residence may still tax you. So watch out for that. And the other thing to keep in mind is that all these bonds will be in U.S. dollars. So if you've got your euros and you convert them to dollars to buy U.S. bonds, the U.S. government has only promised to pay you back $1,000. And if that do those dollars buy you back fewer euros, you are taking that currency risk unless you hedge that risk with futures or, or by some other methods. Going the other way around, I have spoken with several Americans who are worried about the decline of the dollar and they want some of their money in other currencies, uh, you know, let's say in euros, for example, uh, or Australian dollars. And just as easily, you can go buy, let's say, French government bonds or Spanish government bonds denominated in these foreign currencies, if, if that's what you so please. I feel a little bit better educated on uh, U.S. Treasuries as a result of this conversation. Terry Dennison, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Andrew. And look out in the show notes uh, for links to how to contact Tariq. We'll put his websites up there. You can uh, reach Tariq from around the world. Thanks very much for joining me today and look out for more at IBKR Podcasts. Thanks for listening to IBKR Podcasts. As always, we have more episodes at ibkrpodcasts.com. And if you're interested in learning more about interactive brokers, visit ibkr.com. We offer more trading education materials, such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com, financial and economic commentary at tradersinsight.news, market-related courses at tradersacademy.online, and quant-related articles at ibkrquant.com. 
The analysis in this material is provided for information only and is not and should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security. To the extent that this material discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic or political conditions, it should not be construed as research or investment advice. To the extent that it includes references to specific securities, commodities, currencies, or other instruments, those references do not constitute a recommendation by IBQR to buy, sell, or hold such investments. The material does not and is not intended to take into account the particular financial conditions, investment objectives, or requirements of individual customers. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and is necessary seek professional advice. Any discussion or mention of an ETF is not to be construed as recommendation, promotion, or solicitation. All investors should review and consider associated investment risks, charges, and expenses of the investment company or fund prior to investing. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and, as necessary, seek professional advice. The information in this podcast does not constitute tax advice and cannot be used by the recipient or any other taxpayer to avoid penalties under any federal, state, local, or other tax statutes or regulations or to resolve any tax issue. There is a substantial risk of loss in foreign exchange trading. The settlement date of foreign exchange trades can vary due to time zone differences and bank holidays. The interest rate on borrowed funds must be considered when computing the cost of trades across multiple markets. Markets.